Hello, everyone. This is Courtney White, and this is Jackson Walker Fast Takes. The COVID-19 pandemic changed all of our lives. Every employer had to change what is considered standard procedure to meet the ever-changing needs of the health pandemic. Health systems definitely had to change protocol. Today, I am going to talk with Jeffrey Frost, a partner in our Austin office, about how health systems are going to be affected when the federal COVID-19 public health emergency declaration expires. Welcome, Jeffrey. We're happy to have you here today. Good morning, Courtney. My first question for you is this. How long have the federal declarations been in place, and do we know when the declarations will expire? The orders have been in place since January 31st, 2020. On January 11th, 2023, Secretary of Health and Human Services, Javier Becerra, renewed the public health emergencies for another 90 days, which brings it to April 11th. He also said he would give the providers a 60-day heads up before the expiration. So if we assume that the heads up will come after the expiration, then that would at least take us to June 11th. No one's sure exactly when they're going to expire, but most people think they will expire at some point in 2023. Thank you for that clarity. What states still have declarations in place? So in addition to the federal public health declaration, many states, almost all states, had declarations in place. But California, Colorado, Georgia, New Mexico, Illinois, and Texas still have declarations that have not expired. All the other states' declarations have already expired. What impact does the public health emergency expiration have on health systems? As part of the declaration, the government, whether it's CMS or other agencies in the government, have blanket waivers. And these waivers allow the health systems to not have to meet many federal regulations and statutes that they're typically required to meet as conditions of participating in government health programs or just as a matter of law. Some of those waivers affect areas such as telehealth, EMTALA, verbal orders, medical records, utilization review, physician and nursing services, and probably most important, the Stark and anti-kickback laws. So can you give us a practical example of how all of these changes will impact health systems? Sure. So these waivers that have been in place have allowed health systems to change their practices. At the same time they've changed their practices, we've had record turnover. So many hospital executives and administrators, managers, directors have left the health system or the hospitals that they work at. So the people that were responsible for implementing the changes based on the waivers are no longer working there. So when the public health emergency expires, these waivers go away and the hospital needs to know what practices are based on the waivers and what are not. I'll give you an example. Many hospitals provide education to their medical staffs and the medical staffs were allowed to get free continuing medical education or CME. So Stark and anti-kickback laws had specific exceptions or safe harbors that you had to meet to provide this free CME. Well, under the blanket waivers, hospital systems were able to do virtual training and 
provide the CME. However, when the waivers go away, then it's questionable whether you could do the training virtually or it has to be on the hospital grounds. So if the person that implemented the change and said, oh, we're going to do virtual training based on the waivers is no longer at the health system, and it's been three years we've had these practices in place, the new people that are working with the processes based on the waivers may not know it's based on a waiver and may think, oh, this is just how things have worked forever. So it's going to be very important to be able to distinguish which practices at each hospital are really based on a waiver. And at that time of the expiration, how do we meet the regulations when it's required? So how should health systems prepare for these declarations to expire? The first thing they need to do is understand what practices have changed based on the waivers, what waivers are being utilized, and make a global list of them. So I would recommend someone in either compliance or legal be appointed in charge of this task and interviewing the department heads of each department of the hospital or the health system and understand you know, what waivers may be in place. And once you have that list and you understand how things are working now, you need to look at what needs to be put in place to meet the regulations or conditions of participation after the expiration of the declaration of emergency and the waivers go away. And how long is that change going to take? So I would work to get a list. Once I have that list in place, I'd have a crosswalk to what the practice looks like today and what it needs to look like to meet the regulations or the conditions of participation or the law. And what's the time frame? How long is it going to take for me to go from my current practice to the future practice? And if that's going to take three months or longer, then I need to start planning now on how I'm going to make those changes and maybe even start making some of the changes in the front end or seeking legal guidance on are there other ways that we can meet these regulations or exceptions to the Stark and anti-kickback laws that allow our current practices to move forward. It sounds like health systems need to start preparing now for those changes. I want to thank you so much for talking with me today, Jeffrey. Thank you for having me. For more information and additional JW Fast Take podcasts and webinars, please visit jw.com forward slash fast.